We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast. Um, before we dive into the very exciting game that we had this evening, uh, we are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we are the official podcast of Boomtown Hoops. We also are brought to you guys by Sunday Ticket via DirecTV and also DealDash.com, which I will dive into later in the podcast if you guys are interested. And I am your host for today's post-game podcast, Taylor. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore P15, and you can find us at the underscore uncontested. Um, the Thunder ended up beating the Miami Heat. Seemed impossible, but they did it. They pulled it off. They won 116 to 115. It was a barn burner. Um if you want to call it that, considering who was playing on the floor to end the game. But we will jump into that. It was exciting nevertheless, and we had a ton of fun. Uh, again, the Thunder end up winning by a point, thanks to none other than Mike Muscala, a.k.a. Mike Jaws, a.k.a. Moose. He hit the game-winning three. It was super exciting. We had a ton of fun. But, unfortunately, that meant that I had to uh, shotgun a beer because... I was thinking at the, I think it was the end of the, or no, it, it was right before the third quarter started. Um, it was a very boring game. Um, a lot of negativity from OKC to start the, the second half, I guess. And so I thought it would be a great idea to tweet out that I would um, match Myers Leonard and JJ Redick because the Thunder were playing Myers Leonard against the Heat. Um, I would match them and I would do a post game shotgun. I was shocking a beer. 
if the Thunder were able to come back and pull off the win. And of course, I guess I positively jinxed the Thunder, uh, depending on how you look at it, and they ended up pulling off the win. Um, again, their second and third stringers kind of against the Miami Heat second and third stringers, which we'll get into. Nevertheless, a lot of positives some negatives to take from this game, and we will dive into them all. Um, but be sure to check out our Instagram at the underscore incontested, um, our Twitter, and you can find me shotgunning a, I guess, uh, a victory beer. <laughs> um, and, and we had a lot of fun with it. Um, really thankful Thunder pulled this one out, and it was cool to see some of these guys to get some really solid minutes and, and really contribute here. So um, now, like I said, the Thunder ended up winning by a point, but it wasn't as pretty as it seems. And so I kind of want to just do a quick breakdown quarter by quarter of the game before jumping to some of these overall themes, the positives and negatives of today's game. Because, uh, like I said, it's almost night and day. I mean, that first half was just not fantastic. Although I say that, the first quarter started, um, and the Thunder pretty much went just went toe-to-toe with the Heat. They traded points to start the game. I mean, I think at one point it was like 16 to like 14 or 16 to 15. Um, the Thunder were hitting shots, but so were the Heat. They let Duncan Robinson, um, just the three-point specialist for the Heat, basically, get hot to begin with. Even fouled him on some three-point attempts. And the defense was not great to begin with or from the very beginning of the game, which kind of is a uh, overall theme, I think, that you can kind of take from this game, unfortunately. But to start the game in the first quarter, the Thunder were able to match that with their own offense. Um, however... It was about midway through the first quarter, or towards the end of the first quarter, I should say, and our very own Lou Dort, the Lou Tang, Lou Tang clan. Um, unfortunately, he was trying to go around the screen that Jay Crowder was uh, setting, I believe, and it was Jay Crowder and Lou that actually collided in knees after the play. And that led to Jay Crowder immediately kind of uh, hobbling, I guess you could say, over to the bench, and then he eventually made his way back into uh, the Heat's locker room. While Lou Dort pretty much just kind of laid there on the court and was at first was almost grabbing his shin area. It wasn't his knee originally, uh, but you also kind of saw him later on kind of grabbing that knee. Now, the good news is that he eventually was able to stand up on his own, um, and he actually walked to the Thunder's locker room with uh, with some assistance, but, I mean, he was putting weight on the knee. He wasn't limping. Um Unfortunately, though, he did not re-enter the game at this point, and that is obviously something I will jump into here later in the podcast, but that happened the first quarter. Obviously, very notable, and wanted to bring that up here. And from there, it just really got ugly for the for the Thunder, especially those starters. Um, in the first quarter, it was 42-29 to 29 heat, and Duncan Robinson, like I mentioned earlier, he had 16 points off just a multitude of three-point shots and even some some and ones from from three-point land it was just absurd and speaking of absurd i mean they just couldn't miss and unfortunately a lot of that was due to the thunder defense that was played uh, they really struggled with the off-ball movement the very active offense that the uh, miami Heat had and they just could not stick with those those players and it led to a lot of open shots unfortunately in the first quarter um, as well as the second that kind of reminds me of a quote that Billy had um, a, a while back. I mean, it might have even been last season. But he mentioned, you know, the importance of playing solid defense out of the gate because it really sets the tone for the game. Um, if you let players like Duncan Robinsons and, you know, we always talk about these random Thunder players that just go off for no reason, right? 
Well, Billy's point to that is if you let those players go off and get some confidence early on, um, they're going to continue to fill that the rest of the game. They're going to continue to perform well the rest of the game. And unfortunately, it's kind of what happened, except as we'll see later on in the game, um, the Heat decide to go ahead and rest their starters because they're pretty much locked into their, their seating um, and their matchup in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So the second quarter happens, and the bench sparks a 14-0 run to start the second quarter, which is absurd. Like, I pretty much, I walked inside. Um, I was watching the game outside on, on our patio. We have a little TV out there. I walk inside, um, talk to my wife. I go and, get, and grab a water. And next thing I know, <laughs> we're on a 14-0 run. And it just kind of happened out of nowhere. Um, that was really led by Abdel Nader, who finally found his stroke. You know, he came in when Dork got uh, injured in the first quarter and really struggled. He really had a rough first quarter, but from there he started finding stroke. And that kind of—he he was kind of the spark plug. We talk about spark plugs a lot on this podcast. He was that spark plug that that the bench unit needed. And um, from there, you know, it, the, the Thunder just didn't really look back um, until they got to that 14-0 run. Now, kind of got a little stagnant. Um, Darius started making some shots again, which which gave him some confidence. I think, which we'll see more when it comes to the fourth quarter. Um, and but the Heat came back especially when Billy started to kind of substitute guys again, bring some of the starters back in, mix those lineups. And we saw a little, like I said, a, a little bit of like of a stagnant uh, offense from the Thunder. Defense was okay, but again, still not great. But um, even after the Heat made a little bit of a comeback, after, again, it was like a first half of runs, but for like the last four or so minutes of the second quarter, I really feel like Shea found his, I, I call it his swagger, because Shea's such a like swagger guy, um, you know, and he came in and just found his confidence. He looked fantastic. He was hitting step-back threes. Um, he was driving to the rim, being aggressive. He was creating for others. He had the perfect combination, and he just, he looked great to end the half. And so even after the Heat made a run on their own, at the second half ended, the Heat up 66-62. to And so we jump into the second half. Again, we're all very worried about Dort at this point. Uh, Dort is out for the game. He's not going to come back in. But the third quarter just started off ugly. I, I have written here, ugly, ugly, ugly. Because the starters came in and they just did seem very disinterested. Um, and a lot of that could be due to the fact that the, the Miami Heat decided not to play their starters. Um, other than Drogic. You know, they pretty much just had him and their, their second uh, their their second stringers and even some third stringers like Myers Leonard hadn't played very much at all in the bubble and he was starting the second half so all that's to say that the Heat like I said they were locked into their seed and that's kind of how they were treating the second half from there because there wasn't a whole lot of use of just you know running their stars into the ground and risking an injury before the playoffs which is very understandable um, but I I really think it was a great call on Billy's part to play those starters uh, for us for OKC and to kind of get them on the same page again and try and get some momentum there. Unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't really happen. Um, Terrence Ferguson started for Dort, the injured Lou Dort, and it just looked awful. I mean, he just looks lost out there. Kamiar and I were talking about that in the uncontested slack that we have. And I mean, I'm not even sure. I, I was just, I even tweeted this out on the uncontested, uncontested Twitter account, but I was hoping that he would throw out um, Andre Robertson because Ferguson just looks lost, and I hate that for him. You know, I still think there's something there, but 
man, doesn't look good right now. And uh, I understand keeping Ferguson out there for a game like this, but come playoff time, I do not feel comfortable with Ferguson being out there at all on either end of the floor for that matter. Um, he was fouling, he looked lost on defense, which is his strong point, and he still, you know, looks just as lost on the offensive end. Now, at the end of the third quarter, again, not very good. Score was 100 to 82 in favor of the Heat, but here's where the fun part comes in. Don't call it a comeback. The Thunder cleared the bench, and again, so did the Heat. They're pretty much playing the same lineup in terms of Miami, but uh, OKC pretty much just let the, the bench unit play between some of the second and third stringers. We even saw some Devin Hall minutes between the end of the third and into the fourth quarter, but it was basically the Nader, the Muskie, and most importantly, the Darius Baisley show in the fourth quarter. Baisley caught fire in the fourth. He looked incredible. He ended up with 20 plus points again because of those minutes he played, especially in the fourth quarter. And then Muskie knocks down that game-winning three to end the fourth. So again, um, not a very exciting game in terms of maybe optimism heading to the playoffs and getting everybody healthy uh, for the and the starters, getting the full lineups. But there's a lot of fun that came with those, like I said, those backup players coming into the game. Um, the young players coming into the game, especially Baisley, somebody that we talked a lot about throughout this bubble because he's gotten a lot of shine and he's taken full advantage of it. A lot of time taking full advantage of it. And so on that note, I do have some fun notes that I want to uh, mention for this comeback win before I jump to some ad reads and then we'll do some some positives, or sorry, some negatives, some positives, and then we'll jump into some uh, questions from Discord, the Boomtown Discord, and the uncontested Twitter account. Then we'll get out of here and uh, we'll focus on Friday against Clippers. So the first thing I want to mention is that the Thunder, unfortunately, they officially have lost their pick, their first round pick that will go to the Sixers uh, due to the Thunder's win tonight and the Sixers' loss tonight. What a fun way to lose it. I saw a lot of tweets about this. I'm not trying to like copy anybody or anything of that nature, but seriously, seeing Baisley, a young guy, and Baisley come in and, and show, again, his his development and how well he's playing, um, and just <laughs> the fun and excitement in it, leading into the playoffs, we need some sort of momentum, and I'll dive into that in a little bit. I think that was really important. And I, I think, again, with all these first-round picks, it would have been awesome to have that first-rounder, to be able to pair that, like, for example, with the Denver first-rounder, be able to move up in this coming draft. But I think the Thunder are going to, are going to be just okay, and they will have enough bites at the apple, you know, quote-unquote. We've mentioned that a lot on this podcast as well. Um, I don't think they're going to miss out on not having this first-rounder. I think there's more important things, such as developing young players, such as Baisley, such as Dort, although he's hurt, um, SGA. Getting those guys this, this experience, I think, is, is really important and will maybe even pay dividends, uh, more dividends down the line than drafting a late first-rounder than what we would have gotten if we retained our pick. Also, some post-game quotes that we got from the players. Um, we have a real special group real special cohesiveness that's from Adel Nader on the win after his big night his big second half and then Chris Paul says said this which kind of goes in line with what Abdul Nader said I'm going to keep saying it we weren't supposed to be here they gave us a 0.2 percent chance we're going to keep our heads down and keep hooping and I love that Chris Paul keeps mentioning that 0.2 percent chance this is the second time now in the bubble that he's mentioned it He's ready. You know, he, he, he obviously has heard the hate um, and he's using it as motivation and fuel to be able to fuel a playoff run. And that makes me really excited. 
Couple other notes per the Thunder PR. This is the Thunder's 17th win this season when trailing after three quarters, and no other team has won more than nine wins this season, which is pretty incredible, especially given that third quarter store, uh, score that I mentioned earlier, and the Thunder was, were still able to come back from that, even if it was sparked by the second unit. And then tonight's win officially locks in the Thunder versus Rockets in the first round of the playoffs. Russ has a string quad, which is very notable. Um, that was announced today, and he'll be really re-evaluated next week before the playoffs um, begin. So we will obviously be keeping an eye on that. But what an incredible storyline. And uh, I also want to mention that kind of at the end of this podcast. But before we jump into all the positive, this is the negatives, looking ahead at the playoffs, a word from our two awesome sponsors. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, you get Red Zone and DirecTV, fantasy zone channels. You'll never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. Personally, big changes, Kansas City Chiefs fan here. Favorite players, Patrick Mahomes. And with Sunday Ticket, I'll never miss them. I'll never miss a game, even here in Oklahoma. So, no matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription and visit NFL Sunday Ticket.tv. Use promo code BLUEWIRE. I also want to tell you guys about DealDash. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price that you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. And here's how it works. It's like an auction that every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code uncontested or dildash.fm uncontested that's d-e-a-l-d-a-s-h dot f-m slash uncontested okay so time for some positives and negatives again we're always going to start with the negatives and on the positives and on a positive note because there were a lot of positives in this game but the biggest negative unfortunately um is something that's so has me a little worried. Um, and Lou Dortzny, no official word yet. You know, Billy had a post-game comment. He, he still doesn't know anything officially, um, but it does not sound good. And that worries me a bit. Again, you know, it didn't look, <laughs> obviously, uh, very good. It, it's a good sign that he was able to get up on his own and walk to the locker room. Um, but the fact that we don't have any news yet, um, the fact that we don't have any results from an MRI or whatever else it may be, um, has me a little worried. Because obviously Lou would be a huge, huge help, a critical piece, not even help, um, against a team like the Rockets in the first round, the second round against whoever of the LA teams that we may play, and uh, so on and so forth. So obviously uh, very hopeful that Lou's knee injury is nothing serious. And if it is serious or if he is out for an extended period of time, I hope that somebody like Andre Robertson gets those minutes and he's able to kind of fill that role that Lou has been playing so well since he really turned it on midway through the season. Um, again, even with the big break in play that we saw from March up until recently. 
Now, another negative I have here is something that I mentioned a lot to the recap earlier in the game. That's the Thunder's defense. The starters, for the time that they were in, was just absolutely awful, to be completely honest with you. And some of that has to do with losing Lou, but it just got even worse with him leaving the game. I mean, I mentioned this earlier, but Terrence Ferguson comes in, just looks lost. And Hamadou Diallo, as much as I love Hami, um, some of these bubble games that he's played has me back on the Hami train. You guys know how much I love Hami if you listened to the Uncontested previously um, in the past. But he just looked lost yet again. Second straight game where he just does not look sound defensively. And that really hurt the Thunder. Um, the, again, they, they love the Heat to shoot 16 of 24 from the field, 7 of 12 from three-point land in the first quarter alone, which is just absolutely absurd. Um, I can read you guys the numbers for the game as a whole, but it's not even worth going into because, you know, something, I, again, I mentioned this earlier, but Billy mentions the momentum, right? It's very important to play sound defense at the beginning of the game, set the momentum, because you're going to get you're going to get shooters like Duncan Robinson's and Jimmy Butler's, even the random players that we always talk about, the quote-unquote thunder killers, right? Those are the guys that are going to get hot if you don't stay on them from the beginning, if you don't play sound defense from the beginning. That's something that the Thunder really need to hone in on. And I'm, I'm not sure if the starters are struggling with this, you know, in the bubble because these it's so hard to get rhythm with all these players out for OKC um, throughout the, the seeding games or because half of the teams aren't taking them seriously they're just taking them as like additional scrimmages whatever it may be it's a it's definitely concerning something i want to see tightened up come playoff time and just worries me that again maybe i'm just scarred as a thunder fan but you know that you can just turn that switch on come game one of playoffs so we will see um they did look good against the utah jazz that very first seeding game back in the bubble but that's one thing. The rest of these games are another. So that's a negative that I really want to keep an eye on. Now, another negative is some, a couple of the players I mentioned, um, Nader, Hami, Ferguson, their defense specifically, not good at all. And especially <laughs> against the Heat when it really mattered, um, those guys came in and pretty much just got torched. You know, Nader is a guy that we really have talked about who can really contribute. He's shown a great improvement. Um, his offense, you know, we, we heard last year, we heard last season, we heard PG talk about how he's maybe it's the, is the best three point shooter on the team. Um, and we're starting to see that now this season. We're starting to, starting to see him knock down those shots. The issue is, can he hang defensively? Well, the good news is he looks better defensively. He looks better on that end of the floor. His fundamentals look better, um, throughout the bubble and the seating games until tonight. We have more active offensive players, like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, like the players on the Miami Heat who are moving around much more active. Nader really struggled with that. And um, that's something else that you really have to keep an eye on, especially uh, an eye on, especially when you play a team like the Houston Rockets in the first round, right? You know, Nader may be great offensively, but if he can't hang defensively, he shouldn't be on the floor. And that's when you need to play a guy like Andre Robertson, even if it hurts you from an offensive standpoint. Um, Hamadou Diallo really had a not great game again, and, and that's frustrating to see, but I don't want to harp on that too much more. And again, he, he really has a, has had a great bubble, um, but Terrence Ferguson has not. Again, he hasn't really played much at all. He played a lot with Dort out tonight. He even got that starting role with Dort out, so maybe we see that. 
But if we're starting Terrence Ferguson in Dort's place, if Dort is out for an extended period, we are not going to win a series. And I'm just going to put that right here on the Antitest Podcast. You guys are very welcome to just take a snippet of that and blast it on social media if I'm wrong. And I will happily eat my crow with salt, maybe a little hot sauce. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Ferguson just looks lost. I don't think this is his season. I really love what Mikey Barra said, and I can't remember which podcast this was on, whether it was down to dunk or uh, OKC Dream Team, but he brought up a really good point that maybe it's just time for Ferguson to just find a new... You know, he's kind of like a Jeremy Grant. I think, actually, my man Fred Katz who said that on one of those podcasts where it's time for him to find a, a new environment, and maybe he can prosper from that. Maybe his time in OKC is up. Um, or it could be as simple, in my opinion, it could be as simple as just you know, OKC adjusting their long-term, or sorry, adjusting their plans in general, not long-term plans. Their, their long-term plans are the same, but, you know, adjusting that at the end of the season, right? So you trade away guys like CP3, like um, Schroeder, guys of that nature, then maybe a guy like Ferguson can step up and contribute and start to grow, but he is not doing well in an environment like this. Again, there's a lot of things off court that are going into that, but um, I'm a little worried about Ferguson moving forward, and I would really like to see Drake get those men. So let's just be completely honest um, heading into the playoffs. Another negative is Steven still does not look completely healthy, even though I thought when he had that that huge dunk to start the game off for the Thunder today that he was like, he's he's great. No big, no no worries at all. But he only played 19 minutes, start off the game, like I said, with that huge dunk, but he looks slow on defense and he missed shots from that point forward. Just look kind of like the banged up Steven that we know and love um from the last couple of playoffs and not so much just even that we saw pre-bubble where he was just you know he looked like he was leaned down he was quick he was able to switch um on defense i mean he just he looked so much better overall and unfortunately with that injury tonight he kind of looked like the banged up steven that we've seen in the past now there's a lot of time between now um and the beginning of the playoffs actually it's not that long it's only like a week but I think for an injury like this, that could be enough time for Steven kind of, to kind of get back to normal. And again, and maybe some of this is not so much due to the injury as much as it is, as it is just Steven um, sitting out this past week. But with that being said, that's something I, I want to keep an eye on. And it's a negative for this game, so I'm going to bring it up. Another very similar um, category here is Gallo. Nothing... I want to bring up long-term, but I'm keeping an eye on. And was is a negative for tonight and just very much seems disengaged in this whole seating game thing. It's very much like, you know, I'm ready for playoffs. Um, and like you said, that's Danilo Gallinari. 0-6 from 3, 2-10 from the field. He still had 14 points, which was awesome. You know, you could tell he was kind of getting upset, to, especially to begin the game. Wasn't making his outside shot, so he's going to drive the rim, get fouls. Had a couple and ones, I believe. Uh, maybe just one. I thought it was a couple. I, I'm not going back to look. But um, all that to say, Gallo was aggressive when he was in, but just not hitting those outside shots. And that seems to be a theme in the bubble. But I doubted him early on um, in the scrimmages. And he looked much better in the first couple of like serious you know when we had the full squad together um he looked much better there so i think when playoffs come when push comes to shove i think gal will be just fine again something else just want to bring up just like steven uh, that i would just want to keep an eye on and a negative for this game and then the final negative something that stood out to me dennis shooter impacts this team so much so much more than i've really realized but there's just been something about this team the past however many games. And again, a lot of that is due to a lot of guys out. But they just, even when they were all together, 
and and everybody was healthy minus Schroeder when he left the bubble for the birth of his child just didn't feel the same there's a really weird vibe and I think um a couple post-game quotes stick out to me and I think it was Chris Paul and some other guys who mentioned just Dennis Schroeder brings that intensity and that's what this team is missing that's why those a big reason why those three-point guard lineups work is what Dennis brings to the team on the bench and on the floor. You know, you see him, he's the one guy when he's quote-unquote on the bench, he's stepping up, he's cheering, he's coaching, right? When he's on the floor, he's a point general. Um, and when those three-point guards are together, it's just a whole new story, right? It's incredible. So they really miss that intensity from Schroeder. I think he kind of sets that tone. That's something I didn't really realize until this bubble. It took me until then to realize that when he was gone. Uh, but that's actually a positive that I want to jump into here in a second, which I think is a perfect transition because I'm going a little long here. Um, I always do. <laughs> so the first really big positive that I want to jump into is SGA, even though he didn't really play a whole lot of the second half. And when he did play in third quarter, it wasn't fantastic. He played really well, <laughs> especially in the first quarter. He ended up with, uh, I believe, 18 points on incredible efficiency. Uh, I have here to pull up his stat line, but I'm not even going to do that. You guys I've seen that plenty of times on Twitter, I'm sure. But I was just really impressed with what he did. You know, Like I said earlier in the podcast, he got aggressive, especially at the end of the half. And he just kind of started to take over. And I don't, I don't mean taking over as in he scored the last 20 points of the half. But between just making some incredible passes and creating for others, he was attacking the rim. Um, he was getting fouled. He was making those shots, doing his incredible scoop shots, which is one of his biggest strengths and talents at the rim. But when they started to guard him differently or after he had made a couple of those, he was kicking out to shooters, like I said, creating for others. And then even when that didn't happen, he was able to hit his outside shots. And I thought the end of the first half specifically for Shea is exactly what we're looking for. I've been waiting for that quote-unquote breakout game for Shea, the entire bubble. We haven't really seen that for a lot of the reasons that I mentioned in this podcast, a lot of the negatives, um, as well as a lot of the reasons that we mentioned on the previous podcast, um, recapping games, post-game podcasts, even just group podcasts as a whole. I think, again, I've used this term earlier, but when push comes to shove, I think we're going to see Shea just really show his development and his uh, his his growth as a player, and I'm really excited to see that. Um, again, he even guarded, not even just offensively, he even guarded Butler on the defensive end post-door injury, and he did a really good job. Don't get me wrong. Butler, I mean, got some shots off of him, um, but I thought he did really good overall. Uh, I just saw him lock in. I mean, he dropped those hips. He uh, threw those arms out. He was ready to go. You could see it in his eyes, and I love that. I want to see that Shea come playoffs. If we have that Shea come playoffs, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, they better be ready as much as I love them both. Now, another positive, because I've gone long enough on that, is the Thunder bench, and not the guys I mentioned earlier. Although, I guess one of them kind of comes into play here. Um, Nader and Muskie, I want to talk on them first. I mentioned Nader really struggling early on in the game. But he was a huge reason for that bench kind of spark and sparking those comebacks in the second quarter. And then again, come the fourth quarter. Um, his outside shooting and just the way he's able to defend players who aren't running around the four like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson um, but I thought he played really well offensively and again he's improved enough on the defensive end that you can play him where you're I mean he's pretty much forcing Billy Billy to play him in the playoffs 
because of what he's able to contribute. And I'm really excited to see that because Nader's, I mean, he's been he's been hitting some big shots in the bubble. I've been really impressed with his growth and improvement. We've talked a lot about that on the Uncontested Podcast. And um, so I just wanted to, you know, he's a negative in the sense that he had some really low lows this game, but he has some high highs this game as well. And as a lot of these sparks and comebacks wouldn't have happened in the second and fourth quarter specifically, as specifically if it were not for Abdul Nader. Now, Mike Mascala, Muskie, Mike Joss, the Moose, six points, five rebounds, two of five shooting, which isn't great, but he was two of four from three, which is awesome. And again, some huge shots when it really mattered. Mike Mascala, if you guys listened to our uh, re- season resumption preview, I guess, he was kind of my my underrated player that you guys should keep an eye on. And he's continued to prove that throughout the bubble, again, for very unusual circumstances, considering that Nader and Seaman were both out for two games. But with that being said, I think Muskie absolutely is a situational player that you can throw in the playoffs. When you need some outside shooting, you need to space, Sue, space the floor out with certain lineups. I think Muskie is somebody you absolutely have to keep in mind. And just like Nader is a guy who has kind of shown Billy that he deserves minutes. And uh, Billy really has his hands full in trying to find out how to play all these guys and how to balance those lineups and find the right lineups that work for the, the you know, that, that are perfect for the matchup. Um, against their correct opponent and playoffs it's just he has a hands full and but with that being said I think Muskie and Nader really contribute to that because they played so great you got to find a way to incorporate them somehow now next player I have off the bench that really just has their own bullet point here because he's been so great throughout the entire bubble again due to um, increased opportunity but Darius Baisley has taken full advantage of that opportunity and tonight was no different especially in that fourth quarter when the Thunder decided to bench starters. Baisley comes in, ends up having another 20-plus point game. Uh, tonight marks Baisley's third consecutive 20-plus point game for the Thunder. And Russell Westbrook, we've heard that name before, Thunder fans. Um, he is the only other rookie to do this before, to have three consecutive 20-plus point games in a row. Pretty incredible. Um, Baisley has really shown his growth and his confidence. That's the biggest thing. He has a skill set. Uh, he's really improved on in, in terms of the strength, and he's going to continue to improve there as well. But what really impresses me is his confidence, and I think that's what we're, what the biggest growth we've seen from Baisley compared to when the season paused and to now. So Nick actually had a poll. Um, if the you know we we've heard about these uh, all bubble NBA teams and the all bubble basically MVP that the reporters will be able to vote on that the league is doing. So if the Thunder, or sorry, not the Thunder, the league did do a all-rookie team, would Darius Baisley be on it? I think that's a pretty good question. I think you would you would have to throw him on there, especially considering some of the rookies that have been injured, dinged up, haven't played so well, haven't lived up to expectations. Baisley's got to be up there with three 20-plus point games is pretty big time. And then finally, I mentioned him in the negatives. We're bringing him back to the positives. Full circle here. Shooter back. Billy hopes that he will be back for Friday's game against the Clippers, pending the NBA's approval, obviously. Um, Shooter left the bubble, as you guys are very well aware, probably, um, for the birth of his child, and he is back. He posted an Instagram story here a couple days ago, um, and we're hoping that he will be cleared very soon, be able to play against the Clippers game, kind of gear up, and then be ready to go for the playoffs. But at the very least, all signs point to him being ready to go play playoffs game one. 
which is awesome, which is huge. And like I said, it just brings a whole new vibe and intensity to this team that they and a spark for this team that they really, really need right now. Which leads me to my last point. Thunder Rockets matchup, baby. It is official. They're on the same hotel for CP3 versus Russ. You have Dre, hopefully Dort, versus Harden. Can Steven play? There's so many questions. So many questions. And we will dive into that. We'll preview that series very, very shortly on a uh, group pod. And also we'll have some guests from the Rockets to be able to jump on and preview that series with you. But speaking of questions, let's get out here with some Twitter and Boomtown Hoops Discord questions. So, first off from Twitter, uh, XStanSGA, big fan of the pod, very uh, appreciative of you. He asked, Mike Muscala, the clutchest player in the league, confirmed. I mean, pretty much, if you take the last couple of games into effect, I think he's a knockdown three-point shooter. You want him taking the last shot every single time. I'm all in, all in. Jared Ferguson, preferred shotgunning beer choice. (laughs) Thanks, Jared, that was funny. Um, Gotta go with Nikola because it's very smooth, very light. You feel fine after. Um, Much better than like a, again, a craft beer or like Bud Light, super carbonated, you know, light beer, but very carbonated, Natty Light, kind of the same situation. Go with the Make Love, very smooth, very easy, not a lot of carbonation. That's uh, my shotgunning beer choice, although I haven't uh, done that for a long time prior to my my unfortunate tweet earlier that I made myself shotgun a beer because Thunder won. So, you know, hey, we'll do it. If the Thunder win the championship, I'll chuck in a lot of beers and, and post them on the Instagram feed. <laughs> Probably not going to happen, but you know what? We're going to be optimistic. So, it's Iolfic. Um, He asked us a lot of questions, actually, but this one was kind of funny. He had a little, uh, not so much a question, but just a little comment. Uh, this actually reminded him of a Marine Corps ball that he went to once where his date was really ugly, <laughs> but, but he still got lucky at the end. Not so much a question as a comment on life. You know, Zyophic, really proud of you. Happy for you. Good stuff right there. Um, you're right. That's kind of the epitome of this Thunder game tonight. And the, the Thunder season as a whole, very, very accurate. So uh, there we go. Rare at Rare Rotten. How valuable is Dort to OKC's playoff run? Do you think Baisley can stay hot for the playoffs? Uh, to the first question, he is very valuable, and it's going to really, really hurt with him not being out there. I mean, can you imagine having Dort and then throwing a Ferguson and then throwing a Andre Robertson on a player like Harden or a player like Paul George or a player like Kawhi Leonard or having multiple of those players out on the court at the same time to guard multiple players such as Paul George and Kawhi who just happen to be on the same team? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Um, So obviously having Dort healthy is really important, but with that being said, something I tweeted out earlier in the podcast be really great to be able to see Dre kind of get some minutes with the starters uh, with some quality opponents uh, other than just like the the bench unit because I think he he really should be the guy who fills that role at backup shooting guard given what we've seen from Nader, Hami, and Ferguson unfortunately. Now do you think Baisley can stay hot for the playoffs? I absolutely do um not in terms of he's going to score 20 plus a game against these elite teams but i think he's going to be able to come in and really contribute um and the limited minutes that he gets so we might see him only score six points a game but those six points are going to be great and i think he can uh be confident enough and and do well enough on the defensive end that he's a plus for the thunder so i'm not saying he's going to score 20 plus you know 
against in, in the playoffs. But I think what we're seeing from him is that he's confident, he's stronger, and he really can contribute for this team and hold his own when Gallo needs rest, when some of these other players need rest. And he's really going to need to play a bigger role. Um, like you mentioned earlier, Rare, where you mentioned Dort potentially being out long term. I think we'll see more minutes from, uh, from Baisley, and it'll be really important to see him step up in that role. Now, our friend Zyalfik also sent in a lot of great questions. All this is prior to the comeback, so he's just trying to give me some content to fill time. So I'm just going to answer one of his tweets. Um, but he asked, what if the NBA took a page from the NBA Jam playbook and had big lights installed that randomly lit up spots on the floor with four, five, or six points? That would be pretty awesome. Um, Dame Lillard would obviously hit this, and, and Devin Booker would be uh, hitting six-point shots this entire bowl. So I say it's awesome until they play the Thunder at some point and maybe not so much. But, you know, we probably see some new champions. Um, would definitely spice things up a bit. He asked, do you think I can convince the Thunder to make a polo inspired by the city jersey? I think those might be out there. So you might want to check with their guy, OKC Tracker. Um, he can hook you up there, Zyovic. And he asked, has Hall got more minutes in the bubble than before? I haven't looked this up, but it certainly seems like it. Um, again, a lot of that is due to increased opportunity um, with the injuries, with some of the team's resting players, etc. Now, I have one last Twitter question that was really funny. Um, Thunderbeard, long time, another long-time listener of the podcast, asked, should we all just drop a video of ourselves shotgunning a beer and make this a thing? Absolutely. If the, For every Thunder win, I propose that we all collectively, as Thunder fans on Twitter, Shotgun a beer, post videos of ourselves, make fools of ourselves, and we'll see how far we can go. I love it, Thunderbeard. And then finally from Discord, um, we didn't get a lot of questions because as what happens on the Boomtown Discord, the conversation gets changed a lot, <laughs> which is a ton of fun. So again, I highly encourage you guys to go and join it because I think I was like, I was very busy at work today. I was trying to catch up on some of these uh, messages just on one channel, right? There was like 500 plus <laughs> <laughs> and so I highly encourage you guys to do that. That kind of happened today. So I'm just going to answer our good friend, Kieran, who asked me, if Dort misses a few games in the playoffs, who will take his minutes? And would you like to see Ferg get all the minutes? To Kieran's second answer, no, I would not like to see Ferg get the minutes for the reasons I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, I would really like to see those minutes kind of get divided amongst uh, Andre and Darius Baisley as they, as Andre kind of gears back into form, um, as Baisley kind of, you know, takes minutes from different spots and we kind of see what he's capable of, especially against an opponent like the Rockets where he could really flourish potentially. We'll see what happens there. But all that to say that I'm really excited to, to see what happens because I think both those players can really contribute. But let's just knock on wood and hope that that's not an issue. Dort's ready to go come playoffs, at least part of the playoffs in the first round. And um, those guys are still able to come off the bench and contribute. So, I think that's all I have for you guys. Um, again, another fun, exciting game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, be sure to follow the Uncontested Podcast at the underscore Uncontested on both Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to follow Boomtown Hoops at Boomtown Hoops on Twitter. Be sure to join along the Discord, reading more and more people join the Discord each and every day. We're having a blast through these whole seeding games. I can only imagine what it's going to be like come playoff time. Be sure to join that as well and follow them. Check out all our content. Be sure to follow Blue Wire Hoops. Shout out our awesome sponsors, Sunday Ticket and Didlash.com. And guys, we're going to be coming right back with you guys with another 
post-game podcast against the Los Angeles Clippers for the last evening game before the playoffs, baby. We're going to gear up, ready to go. So we will talk to you then on Friday. And until then, 